listening player beat Conor McGregor quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Crazy. Right? I mean, I wouldn't say easily. I wouldn't say he beat him easily. Like, McGregor had some his moments, and there were a few times in that fight where he got his punch, right? I mean, he landed that left straight. He walked him up against the fence, uh, lined him up, landed it pretty clean. This time, Poirier's chin held up. And uh, it was competitive for sure. Like, yeah. I, like, I definitely thought that there were some scary moments there for Poirier. Like, my, my heart was going for Poirier, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Which is why it was so crazy. We were sitting around in the gym watching it. So we were at Stronghold uh, when it happened. And we were sitting all, all around uh, a, a computer that I had at the gym. And we were just watching this fight. Everybody was just like... <gasps> like, nobody wanted to breathe. It was so crazy. And then, like, <clears throat> Connor started landing those calf kicks which were just brutal. And, uh, you know, it was funny because you, you could see you could see that he was landing them, but we weren't really sure how much damage they were doing until there was one. Uh, if you go back and you watch the video, the one right before the finishing sequence, Poirier kicked him in the calf one time, and then you see him, you see his yeah. leg go a little bit. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit. And then he got him backed up against the wall, hit him, stunned him. And then, like, the combination of him being stunned and him losing his footing, dropped him, and then he clipped him on the chin with a, like, a left hook or something right on his way down, and it just, boom, collapsed. And just like that, Connor's down again. Done. It was, um, yeah, easy's not the right word for it, obviously. It wasn't a complete, you know, landslide, unlike another fight we're going to talk about shortly. But, um, yeah, I just think probably looked better for the majority of the fight, let's say. If not the whole. Well, it was. I mean, they just clearly had a good game plan. Yeah. Right? The part, obviously, kicking the leg was part of the game plan. And if anybody listened to the last podcast, I was going on and on about Connor keeping his lead toe turned in and using his Taekwondo kicks from the like Western boxing stance where you have your lead toe pointed in, which allows you to do spin kicks and allows you to generate a lot of power on your rear cross and all the things that Connor does so well. But he didn't really bring out the kicking game very much. He leaned very heavily on his boxing which is what allowed Dustin Poirier to kick the lead leg. In order for me to step in and punch you, my weight has to be on my front leg, right? Because if I'm stepping forward, the weight is just naturally going to be on the front leg, which is when Poirier would time those low kicks and those calf kicks. So when Connor in the first fight would throw like the wheel kicks and he would throw the hook kicks and the spinning back kicks, all of those kicks are longer range than his strikes, or than his punches rather, mm. right? So I feel like it kept Poirier a little bit further at bay, and then it's harder to kick the leg because he's got those crazy wheel kicks and round kicks and front kicks and spinning back kicks coming in. Those weren't really a part of the game plan, it didn't seem like. He threw one, uh, but it just didn't seem like it was part of the game plan to get those in there. And man, Poirier hit that nerve right inside of the calf, and you could see his legs swell up. Um, Jake, one of the things you probably do is uh, pull up Reddit. If you pull up Reddit, you can find the finish of the of the fight. Now we can't show you the video, but what we can do is like uh, it's only like a 30, 30 second finish or whatever, and you can isolate certain frames which we can put on the screen, yeah, and then you can see the damage that that lead calf took. And it was interesting too because they're both southpaws, so that that front leg outside kick to the calf and to the thigh is right there. And you could see that they had both planned that. And uh, the thing was, Connor was landing that rear straight. He kept throwing it. He kept landing it. It was dangerous. Every time he landed it, my heart would flutter a little bit. I was just like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. But it seemed like Poirier's chin was able to hold up way more than when he was at featherweight. Yeah. Do you think that the difference, the 10-pound the difference 
paid off in Poirier's favour and was disadvantageous to McGregor. Because at 145, McGregor carried so much more power than everyone else in the division. And it doesn't look like it translates up as much to 1-5. Well, I mean, he's still, he's still got a lot of finishes at, at lightweight and, it, and even got a finish at, at 170 as well. He's the first fighter in history to get knockout finishes in three different weight classes. So he, he still has the power, but I think the difference is Poirier's chin. He's able to take it more because he's big. I mean, yeah. do you see how ripped he's Dustin Poirier huge. looks? Holy shit, pull up a... I'm giving you all kinds of shit to do, but if you can, pull up a picture of Dustin Poirier fucking shredded, man. I've never seen his body look so good. I mean, a little gay, but I'm just, just saying. <laughs> I've never seen his body look so good. He was like six-pack, shredded all the way down. You know he was in damn good shape uh, coming into the fight. I mean, look at that shit. God, I'm getting a little bit of a man boner here for, <laughs> for Dustin Poirier. I mean, look at that, dude. Like, you can see the bottom six out. I mean, he just looks ripped, man. Yeah. Looks ripped. Looked in great shape. Uh, both of them looked in great shape. Physically, they looked amazing. And the weird thing about this is it's kind of hard to tell what we saw just now, right? Because the calf kick was super effective, right? It was like two or three of them did so much damage that, like, Connor's not going to be able to walk tomorrow. It remains to be seen what it would have looked like had it gone later and gone later. I think it favored Poirier the longer it went on, to be honest with you. And the fact that he got the round, win in the second round says a lot about, one, Poirier's toughness at the weight class. Number two, amazing shape, heart. Oh, if Dustin Poirier is not one of your favorite fighters, I don't, I don't know what sport you're watching. That guy is just more blood and guts than pretty much anybody. If you go to MMA, our MMA, it's like the top one, Jake, if you're looking for the... Ah, okay. The, Sorry, I'm on the UFC. It's on MMA. Yeah, if you go to our MMA, Reddit MMA, the, the finishing sequence is like the top. It's the top video. It should be the first thing you see when you open up Reddit. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looked bodied up. He looked great. thought they had a great game plan. But listen, I, who do you think won the first round? I thought Connor won the first round. Yeah, I... I Shape, but shape it's gone up, but it's not like he's dominant. But yeah, yeah give him, I give him one, and then I mean the left was landing. He was landing that left. Yeah, and uh, it was scary a couple of times, snapping his head. But listen, man, Connor's Connor's two his uh, cross from the southpaw is just one of the best weapons in the history of martial arts, like in mixed martial arts. He lands that shit on everybody, but just Poirier was able to wear it this time, and. With Conor McGregor style, turning in that lead toe, that calf kick is just there. I mean, Conor even checked a couple of them, but it's just amazing how quickly and how quickly and effective that calf kick is. Speaking of another famous person who was calf kicked, Michael Chandler fought in the co-main event. I mean, did you see that fight with uh, Brett Primus where he got kicked in the the calf and his, his whole leg was just dead? He's flopping around. His he can't plant his foot at all because you know you have to be on your toes. Right, you have to drive your toes into the mat. And when your calf is dead, your foot's just like flopping around shit. Like so that calf kick has ruined a lot of people. I mean, it got Conor McGregor, it got Michael Chandler, it got uh Mighty Mouse. Remember when you or no Henry Cejudo. It got Henry Cejudo in that fight with Mighty Mouse. I mean that that weapon has that technique has become such an effective weapon in only the last few years, and it has brought down Legends and uh, what was the one? Did, did you see the 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 Uri Faber Joe Aldo one where he just oh yeah brutalized his legs? Well, that was the that was the thigh though. That wasn't the calf. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was the thigh. But then there was the other one. Um, uh, Formiga. Did you see a Formiga lost to? Was Corey Sandhagen? 
somebody like that. Can you pull up uh, Formiga's record? It just it should say TKO leg kicks if you just pull up his uh, Formiga Juicy Formiga. But uh, he was another one. I can't remember who he who he fought, but same thing. Just got calf kick, calf kick, calf kick. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're training kickboxing or MMA and you're not putting time and energy into setting up calf kicks, you are missing out on one of the craziest moves. Who was it there? Perez, was it? Yeah. Said take out yeah, leg kicks. Perez, leg kicks, right? Yeah. And, and that one was brutal. He just kept sitting down. By the end of that fight, literally just toes slapping into the calf. Just the end of the toes. And he had to sit down. Yeah. He couldn't even fight, even fight anymore. So, um, I mean, I do, I do drills at the gym where we're practicing the calf kicks, right? You kick the calf, you kick the thigh, you kick the body, you kick the head. Every level of the body where you can pretty much kick somebody, right? And, uh, I mean, it's, it's bringing down legends because you know how many kicks it takes in the thigh to make that? I mean, you can eat like 10, if, depending on how they are and where they are. But if you hit that nerve <coughs> in the side of the calf, you just need one. And then your whole leg is gone. It's crazy. And it's not like painful. Your just foot stops working, and then you're so vulnerable because you can't, you can't do anything. But he, he couldn't like when you think back when we talked about the fights uh, last week. When you were saying once you're pinned up against this cage, the only thing you can do to get out, yeah, you know, swing for the ceiling sort of thing. Yeah. But he's taking his front leg out. So what, I was thinking about it when he was up against the cage. He's like, oh well, he's not firing back. But if you can't stand on your front leg, you can't fire back. Yeah, and Connor's Connor's style is very like his squat is low, his base is wide. Like you know, you see him in that wide stance where he's like in that really that squat, right? Almost that like traditional martial arts squat where he's in the sideways stance with a wide base. I mean, he carries his base really, really wide. And uh, you know, when you're that low to the ground, and you squat, and that's how you generate your power. When you take away that. I mean, it takes away so much. It takes your ability to leap in and leap out. It takes away your punching power. You can't turn your hips. Plus, it hurts. I mean, the fact that such a little strike was able to take down the king, right? I mean, like, one of the best to ever do it. It's crazy. I mean... Did you see um, after the fight and stuff like that? Like, he's on a crutch. Yeah. And he can't put any weight on that front leg. I mean, he couldn't even walk right after... His second round. His second round. You know how many body shots, how many, like... These guys are so tough, right? I mean, these fighters are so tough to, like, with a few kicks, debilitate one of the best fighters of all time like that. Just goes to show you how powerful of a weapon that is. Because there's, there's no amount of toughness that can get you through that. You, it's the nerve. Your foot's dead. It's yeah. done. You can't, like, toughen up a nerve. You can't just, like, you can deaden a nerve, but you can't. Like, you get hit there, you get hit there. It's, it's, your foot shuts off. What are you gonna do? Take a fucking pull to your leg over and over again to like kill the ner- I mean, kill the nerve ending? Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, there's just literally there's those spots in the body you get hit, kicked in the. Here's another one. Uh, I've had this happen to me several times. That you know that sciatic nerve mm-hmm. that goes down the side of your hip, yeah, kind of like your ass, right? It's like right on the side of the hip glute area. If you get kicked there, the sciatic nerve there, you get kicked in the calf. You get hit in the liver. You get hit in the solar plate. I mean, there's no training you can do to toughen your body up to those those critical hit spots, right? Where it's just no amount of toughness is going to prevent you from dropping when you get hit there. Yeah. Because the body just shuts down. There's nothing you can do. You can protect those areas, and that's about it. But when, if you do get hit there, it's just done. From, from a coach's point of view, what are you saying then? If, if your fighter's front leg's getting beaten up like that, like what's the advice? Change your stance. I mean, that would be the first thing to do. 
make sure that you check, but I mean, easier said than done. Yeah. Right. Easier said than go check the gear. Yeah. No shit. But it doesn't mean if the timing's off, if you, if you're the stepping is off and, and you know, realistically, if, if you had told me going in, what, what odds do you like better? Connor headhunting and landing the cross or Poirier winning with leg kicks? 99% of the world would have been like, oh, if Connor lands that straight left to the chin, it's done. Yeah. And Connor landed it several, several times. And then just a few little calf kicks, boom, done. Amazing. Dustin Poirier is so gangster. What, I mean, can you pull up his record? Dustin Poirier's last six fights are just absolutely insane. There may never, he may be on the greatest run. I mean, I know he lost to Khabib, but other than the loss to Khabib... Everybody loses to Khabib. That doesn't count. Yeah. That might be the toughest six-fight stretch in the history of mixed martial arts. Can you fucking read that shit to me? I mean, pull that up, dude. Okay, keep go to Jim Miller. I mean, look at that. Who's, who's below Jim Miller? It's actually interesting. If you go Michael back, Johnson, that's a beast too. Look, keep going. But if you go uh, back Bobby, to when he actually lost to McGregor and then see who he's fought since then... I mean, let's let's start. Bobby Green's legit, but let's go above him. Let's let's start with Michael Johnson was a top contender. He lost that. By the way, that's the only punch he's lost, or that's the only time he's been knocked out of lightweight. Just shows you how Michael Johnson. Is. So let's go after that, right? Yeah. Jim Miller, perennial contender, tough as shit, beat him, right? Eddie Alvarez had that one fight, illegal knee, whatever. He got it, he got it back. Pettis. Got it back. Pettis, Gaethje. submission, right? Submission. Justin Gaethje. Eddie Alvarez, Anthony Pettis, Eddie Alvarez again, Max Holloway, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Dan Hooker, Conor McGregor. Holy shit. I mean, pfft. Some resume. And it's not even just the resume. The resume alone is one thing, but it's the fights. The two fights with Eddie Alvarez were brutal. Yeah. Right? The fight with Gaethje, insane. The fight with Conor McGregor, insane. The fight with Dan Hooker, insane. Like... I mean, it says so much about Dustin Poirier's character, and it also says how much of a fucking badass Khabib is, dude. Because <laughs> no matter what, it always comes back to the same thing. Khabib just wrecks everyone. Yep. So, I mean, I thought it was amazing. The hype was for the fight was so sick. Everybody was vibing. Everybody was just like <gasps> watching with bated breath. And, uh, I mean, what do you do with Conor McGregor now? Nate Diaz trilogy fight. That's where the money is. What? What? But he's, if he wants to make money, that fight will still make him money. Mm. Otherwise, what's he, what's he going to do? Be like lower down a card in a three round against here's someone? My, here's my idea: win win for both. Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I'd watch that. Both but, are, uh, both are coming off a loss. Tony's still number number five in the world. Connor was just four, right? Both of them coming in off a loss. If he beats Tony Ferguson, he's right back in there because. I, the word on the street is that it's supposed to be Nate Diaz and uh, can you pull up the lightweight rankings really quick? My brain just shut off. Just had a massive brain fart. Um, Nate Diaz and <laughs> come on. I just saw a Sorry, I'm bringing up. I'm trying to yeah, let's see these rankings. Yeah, rankings. I'm pretty sure they already have an idea for him. Yeah, let's see. Who's the top five in the um, Lightweight oh, no, division. Yeah, there it is. Can you put that on the screen. Know that. So that's your top five. Okay, go down a little Gaethje, bit. Gaethje, Poirier, Oliveira, McGregor, Ferguson, Hooker, Dos Anjos, Felder. Wait, that's lightweight? Dos Anjos back? Oh, yeah, he went back to lightweight. Yeah. Oh, you could do Oliveira. Oh, Oliveira, Nate Diaz. That's what I was thinking of. 
I mean, because they're going to give Nate Diaz a good fight. He's going to get a top five guy. Yeah. Chandler's already booked. They just had that fight. So the only person there that makes any sense is Oliveira. Tony Ferguson doesn't have a dance partner, so I really think that's the only option for for Connor if he wants to. I mean, the reality is Connor can come back soon. That leg's going to be sore for a few days, and then he's fine. He didn't yeah. take a lot of headshots. He can probably come back and. This is the thing with Connor, right? He talked about this season. He talked about having all these fights. Did you see the post fight press conference where he said that like inactivity is why this happened? Yeah, I saw the interview where he's like, "Yeah, I've not been active." Yeah, that's why I lost. And he, he said literally, like, inactivity kills people in this game. And he's 100% right. Yeah. That is why he lost. I mean, it's not to say he would have won even had, had he been more active, but there's just no question. You can't fight once in two years, three years, twi- yeah. twice in a year and a half, whatever. He had the one fight with Cowboy, and then he had this fight. That's it. And since before he fought Floyd, right? Yeah. Or it's I, Khabib, I Khabib. I was looking at it, and I think he's had... Since, since, so he's had three fights in three years, right? Yeah, but since... He beat Poirier, he's had nine fights. I think Poirier's had 13, something like that. So he's four off, but it was a weird one because you think two of those are the Diaz fights. He sort of walked through Cowboy without really getting tested. I mean, even when he fought Eddie Alvarez, he didn't get tested. So he's not, you know, he's not level on experience anymore. Like Poirier's way more experienced in everything. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, and so basically he fought... I mean, he fought Eddie Alvarez, and then he did the Floyd thing. Yeah. Right? He was gone for over a year with that. Came back, fought Khabib. Then he took another year or whatever the hell off. Came back 20 seconds, 30 seconds or whatever for the Cowboy fight. And then came back a year, a year later. A year later. It was January last year, right? Yeah. That he fought, that he fought Cowboy. And then only made it two rounds. So, I mean, reality is two rounds with Dustin Poirier, 30 seconds with Cowboy. He went to the fourth, third or fourth with Khabib. Fourth, right? Fourth, I think yeah, it was a fourth round yeah. finish. So, I mean, that at least he got some time there. Although no, he, he spent a lot of that time sat on the floor, though, with the man on top of him. Yeah, so. I just mean, Connor had his moments in this fight, but he he does need to be active. Here, it's a catch twenty two for him. One, he needs to be active to get back into the role if he actually wants to be a legit contender. The problem with that is if he loses one more. Like, I honestly think, like, part of most of his magic will be gone. Yeah. All of that shit is because he was a winner. Yep. All, the reason all that shit flew, he was able to get the fight with Floyd, transcend into the sort of cultural zeitgeist, the mainstream culture, was because he was winning. And he has not looked good. Didn't look good against Floyd. Didn't look good against Khabib. Didn't look good against Poirier. Didn't look... He looked good against Cowboy, but, I mean, Cowboy's pretty old already. So, that's why I think Tony Ferguson makes sense. Yeah. Tony Ferguson hasn't looked amazing, but he still is one or two fights away from losing that mistake he had, right? I think that it makes sense for both of them. Connor can totally win that fight, and Tony's still crazy, so I still want to watch that, you know? It's, it's a tough one, though. If you're in McGregor's position, because he's so big, like, can he go back to, you know, not being the main event and just being midway through a card in a three-round fight to get that experience back under him? Like, will his ego allow him to do that? Or does he have to be Mr. Main Event, top of the card, all the money? Mm. And Because if he wants that, then the only fight now that's going to get him that, I think, is probably the Diaz fight. But 
That's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can you I, let's look at the top five rankings here. So, I mean, I really think can you pull that back up just the way you got there on the screen? So, I mean, I literally think that the only options for Connor are Tony Ferguson or Felder. Felder, I'd watch. But oh, I'd the watch Irish, the shit the out of the Battle of the Irish. That'd be interesting. That's how you sell that one. The only, pro- the only problem is Felder's lower ranked, right? Like, and not enough people know who Paul Felder is. I would totally watch that fight, by the way. I think Paul Felder is one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC. But I think, look, I mean, Oliveira doesn't make sense. Connor just, Oliveira just is the number one contender now, and Connor just lost. Dustin Poirier just lost. Gaethje doesn't make sense for Connor to get that fight now. Um, so I really think Tony Ferguson or Nate Diaz is the only thing that makes sense, and I don't. I prefer to see the Tony fight. I don't need to see the Nate Diaz fight. Nate Diaz got beat by Masvidal bad. Yeah. He hasn't. When was the last time Nate Diaz won a fight? Five years ago? Six years ago? You pull up Nate Diaz's record? I mean, because he had a long layoff after the before the BMF fight, and that was a year ago now at least, right? Yeah. Ish a year ish ago. Oh no, he beat Pace. Yeah, but when was that? Jeez, that must have been ages ago. UFC two four one. Can you go slide over to the right? See the date. Two thousand nineteen. So yeah, that was his last win, and then before that. Okay, so now when was the first Connor fight? One ninety six. So go to the right. Sixteen. Two thousand sixteen. So other than that fight with Anthony Pettis, he has not won a fight since 2016. Tough to give him Conor McGregor. I mean, other than the fact that he's got the star power, right? Yeah. But it's like, I just don't. I mean, if he, if Conor McGregor beats Nate Diaz, does that get him a title shot? I hardly think so. No. So if Conor wants to get back there, he needs a top five guy now. I think Tony Ferguson's the move. It's the only thing that makes sense. They could go Charles Oliveira, but I honestly think Charles Oliveira fought Conor McGregor up. Yeah. I it's a bad fight for him. He, he needs to be clever in the fight he takes. Because like, he, he can't, like you say, he cannot lose again. Then he's done. Then. I mean, it was just surreal watching him collapse like that. Poirier hit him with that punt. Like, I was just like, like I remember, like, you know, there's like 15 people around us. People were like, no, he's fine. No, he's fine. I'm like, he's going down. He's going down. They're like, no, he's fine. I'm like, he's going down. And then, like, you know, he just gets swarmed and then he can't walk. And at first I thought it was because he was... He just got like concussed and he was still out of it, but he just couldn't put weight on the leg. Yeah. He was still there. Yeah. Like he was still cleary eyed. He, he you know, he was still there, but it was just crazy watching him fall like that because second round TKO, I mean, nobody thought that. Nobody thought that. And and I was torn on this, right? I said this in the last podcast. I wanted uh Poirier to win against Connor, but I, I think the Connor Khabib rematch is more interesting. So I was like torn between who I wanted to win. That matchup, and then what future matchup I wanted to see. But if, after that, Poirier has to fight for the title, whether it's the interim, which I hope it's not. I mean, Jesus, just don't make an interim title. If Khabib's done, just let him be done. Make it that the undisputed title. And then in three years, if Khabib wants to come back, he fights for the title no matter what. Yeah, straight back in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just strip him. It's fine. He's still the lineal champion, right, until, until they beat him. Don't give Poirier another interim title fight. Like he, if he wins his next fight, he should be the legitimate champion, not interim again. Yeah. You know, like Tony Ferguson was the interim champ, and then Poirier was the interim champ, and then you're gonna do another interim champ that Poirier is gonna win and fight for again. With, with the actual champ as well, saying he's not coming back. Like he's not changed his stance. Did you see the clip? Of, there was a clip of him. Even if he did, do you really want to see Poirier could be right now again? I mean, I would watch it, but. 
I mean, is are people really that pumped up for it? Um, I, I think we know how it goes. Yeah. Like, and Khabib's, I think, younger than Poirier. Like, he can retire. He can come back in one, two, three. Plus, his style is, translates well into older age, right? He's not getting brain damage. He can come back at 35 or 36 and still give it a good run. He's, he's not going to forget how to wrestle, let's face it. Yeah, so. exactly. And he's not going to quit working hard and start boozing <laughs> and fucking doing coke and banging hookers and shit. Like, he's not, you know what I mean? It's Khabib. He's going to keep his shit together. He's going to stay healthy. And if fight, if he wants to, just... If he's done, he's done. Nobody wants to see him fight Poirier again. And I don't want to see Poirier fight for an interim title again. So I just think let him go. If he can come back whenever he wants and whenever he wants to, he deserves to fight for the title no matter who's there, I think. so. Yeah, yeah.